Welcome to All Things D&D's Story Dungeon, where we share amazing Dungeons & Dragons stories with you every two days. Now heading inside the dungeon, we have... <laughs> How Three Goblins Hope for a Better Life in a Human Town Hi everyone! All Things D&D is back with an incredibly heartwarming story of three goblins in search of a better life. But what trials will they face as they try to make their new home in a human village? Do let us know what you thought of them along the way as we uncover their struggles. Up next! It's really easy! Malcott, a goblin with long ears, started explaining. I don't like life in the village and you don't either. The goblin said and brushed the long robes out from under his feet. You got that right. Katunk, another goblin, agreed, nodding, and rubbed his long nose. I don't see how us not being happy here means we need to leave, Zing said and frowned. This goblin had a number of little bumps on his head, as though he had been hit on the head recently, and he rubbed them gently. Malcott and Katunk sighed. If we leave, then we won't get hit or yelled at, Malcott said again. My mechanical suit needs three to work. We can leave the goblin village and go to the human village, so you and Katunk won't get hit all the time. Won't humans just hit us too? Zing asked and rubbed the swollen bumps on his head. I mean, you're smart, Malcott, and I trust you and Katunk, but I don't understand. Humans don't like goblins. Why wouldn't they just hit us too? That's the beauty of the suit, Zing, Malcott said. We'll be hiding. They won't know we're goblins. But I don't know how to speak human, Zing said. The other two sighed again. You and I will be in the suit hiding, Katunk explained. Malcott will be the one speaking. Katunk and Malcott waited. Zing seemed to be thinking a lot harder than he had ever before. It had only taken an hour of explaining to get this far with Zing, and it looked like he might finally get it. Oh, okay, Zing finally said. But won't we need jobs? Malcott opened his mouth and then realized that he hadn't thought about that. Yeah, but you have a knack for finding magical herbs, and I know how to make potions, and Katunk is good with tools. Malcott said. I'm sure we can just set up a shop to sell potions to make a living. And while we do that, I have some human money we can use. You do? Katunk asked. How much do you have? Malcott was a little embarrassed. I'm not actually sure, but I think it should be enough for a little while, Malcott said, but he wasn't sure. He knew he had a total of 200 coins, but there were three different types of coins, and that was a little confusing. Zing thought for a bit more, and a few minutes passed. Uh, okay, let's go, Zing consented. The other two cheered, more in celebration that Zing finally understood the situation than to Zing agreeing to leave. They left the village that night and started their journey to a large human town. They walked along the road in the suit Malcott built so they could practice using it. It had three spots, one for the main driver who operated both arms and was the head, and one for one left leg and helping with the left arm, and the other for the right leg and right arm. It took a lot of practice to use it right, and Malcott was happy no one was around, because he definitely thought they looked like they were about to fall out of a tree. You see, when goblins drink, they like to do it in a tree, and when they drink too much, they can often fall out. When they finished for the day, every night Malcott would make some adjustment to help out with making the suit work better, while Zing went out to collect herbs, and Katunk collected food and water. It was a good thing the village was a long way away, because it took nearly a week of using it and practicing to get it working just right. In that week, they had managed to gather enough herbs and make enough potions to sell when they finally got to town. They felt they had a good chance, since they did pass by a few humans, 
and even though they got a few weird looks, none of the humans attacked them. Good day there, uh... Malcott was pretty sure the human he was talking to is a man. Sir, is there a place to, uh... Malcott's vocabulary was limited. Eat and, uh, sleep? Yeah, there's a tavern over there, the man said and gave the walking monstrosity a strange look, but pointed to a sign that read the Sleepy Sal that had a picture of a pig with drooping eyes and its head lolled to one side. Thank you, Malcott said and then whispered down to the others where to go. They walked to the tavern and Malcott was, after a few attempts, to get the door open and they walked inside. The tavern was not busy and there were quite a few open tables. What do we do? Zing whispered up in Goblin. Do we just sit down? Katunk asked in a fevered whisper, also in Goblin. Malcott thought hard about what to do, but was saved by a lady wiping down a table. Just sit anywhere you want, she said and stood up and turned around. I'll be right with you. Thank you, Malcott said and then directed the others to sit at a table in the corner of the tavern. It took a little while, but the lady came up to their table. How can I, uh, help you? The barmaid asked as she looked at the suit, with Malcott's head sticking out. We would, Malcott caught himself, I would like three bowls of... His arm moved with a little wooden creak and pointed to what someone else was eating. That, he finished. Sure, that will be six copper, the barmaid said, and her voice was questioning. But Malcott didn't catch that, since he was still new to using the human language. Just a moment. The arm was swinging inside the suit, and Katunk held up the money pouch as the hand clutched the bag and then slung it out. The bag slipped out of the mechanical hand and dropped to the table. Sorry, wormy fingers, Malcott said. The barmaid squinted at Malcott and smiled. I haven't heard that before, she said, picked up the pouch, pulled out six copper coins and put the pouch back on the table. Normally we say butterfingers. Oh, right, Malcott said, quickly realizing that he made a big mistake. Butterfingers. I'll be right back with your soup, she said and looked at the suit with an appraising squint. Unfortunately, Malcott was too busy trying to pick up the pouch with the suit's hand to notice. When she left, Katunk just reached out and pulled the pouch back inside the suit. We should have practiced using the hands, Katunk whispered up. Yeah, Zing whispered up as well. It's hard to use the arm if I can't see. I'll have to do some adjusting later so we can work that out, Malcott said, trying out the hand motion on the suit, and stopped suddenly when the barmaid headed their way with a tray with three bowls of soup on it. She put the three bowls of soup down and stepped back a little bit. So, where did you come from? She asked. Malcott froze for a moment as he tried to think up something to say. We, uh, I came from the forest. Malcott realized he didn't know the words for the different directions and then swung one arm to point at the direction they came from. I don't know of any settlements in that direction, she said. Is it a big place? No, I lived mostly alone, Malcott said, and his nose was twitching at the smell of the soup, which smelled really good. Oh, what made you decide to come here? She asked. I wanted to make money and find a place to live, Malcott said. His words were a little slow as he reached the peak of his human speech. Oh, what can you do? She asked. And Malcott could feel Katunk and Zing trying to peek through the robes to see where the smell of the food was coming from. Malcott kicked them to have them go back to their stations. We, uh, I, make... And he had to think hard about what were the right words in human to explain what they were going to do. Medicine from plants. We do need a good potion maker here, she said and looked down at the soup. What's your name? Malcott, he answered before he thought about it and then growled at himself in anger for not thinking up a human name in advance. I'll leave you to your food then, she turned to leave. Wait, Malcott said. I need a place to sleep. We do have a few rooms and they're three silver a night, she said. How many nights do you need? Five, 
Malcott said, and he swung his arm back in to try and get the pouch again. This time he was able to put it on the table, without it falling out of the machine's fingers. The barmaid picked up the pouch, and she picked through the pouch and was able to find 15 silver. Just one room? She asked before putting the pouch back on the table. I am one human, Malcott said and tried to smile. Right, she said, looking at the middle of the cloak covering the suit. I'll lead you to your room when you finish with your soup. She left and the moment she turned her back, Zing and Katunk grabbed a bowl of soup and pulled it inside the suit. Hand me up mine, Malcott said quietly in Goblin. Zing handed up the last bowl and they all drank the soup down noisily. It was so good that they didn't even bother to hide for a second or two, but once they realized they were out of the suit, they quickly finished the soup and put the bowls back on the table. I'd be willing to stay here just for that, Katunk said quietly. That was delicious. I know, Zing whispered. What do you think was in it? I don't know, but I know the meat wasn't squirrel or deer, Malcott whispered down. The barmaid walked towards the table from across the tavern. Quick, get back to your places, Malcott whispered frantically down to the others. Did you like the soup? She asked smiling. It was very good, Malcott said smiling for real this time. Would you like some more? She asked. Malcott thought about it, but didn't want to pay for more since he wasn't sure how much money he really had left. It would be on the house, she said, and Malcott looked at her blankly, trying to figure out what she said. It would be free, no charge. Malcott understood that and really wanted more, but wasn't sure if he could get a bowl more for each of them. He suddenly realized that humans must not eat three bowls of soup and still want more. He tried to whisper down to his friends in Goblin, as quietly as he could. She wants to know if we want more, Malcott whispered in Goblin, trying not to move his lips. Yes, was the quick answer back from both Zing and Katunk. Yes, I would, Malcott said, nodding. Okay, three more bowls on the house. She picked up the bowls and left for the kitchen. The moment she walked away, a man walked up. He was large, covered in hair, scowling, and had a large sword on his hip. Malcott froze and didn't know what to do. They must have been found out. Zing and Katunk also froze. They didn't bring any weapons and didn't plan on fighting this soon. Hi, I'm Bert. I understand you make medicine, Bert said. This was the largest human they had seen so far, and Malcott froze. He heard the words, but the words molded in his head for a few seconds before he realized what was actually asked. Yes, we have medicine, Malcott said, forgetting to use the singular term this time. You see, I have a stomach ache, something fierce, and I was wondering if you had anything on you that would help, Bert said and rubbed his stomach. Your stomach? Malcott didn't understand the word at first, but once he saw where the man was rubbing, he caught on. Something for your stomach. Just a moment. Malcott kicked Zing and fervently whimpered down. Do we have a stomach ache cure? As quietly as he could and swung a wooden arm into his suit. He looked up at the man and laughed nervously and Zing and Katunk searched through the potions they made and put a stomach aid into the hand. It's in the hand, Zing whispered up. Malcott pulled the hand out of the suit and reached the wooden arm out towards the man with the bottle of what looked like a slightly muddy brown mixture. The man took the bottle and uncorked it and inhaled deeply. His eyes grew wide for a moment, then he drank the bottle down. After drinking the entire content, he sighed in relief and set the bottle down on the table and then pulled out a money pouch. I know those can't be cheap, and that worked great and actually didn't taste like garbage, the man said as he pulled out a gold coin, then placed it on the table with the bottle. When the barmaid returned with the soup, Bert walked away and gave the barmaid a nod before he left the tavern. The barmaid put down the three bowls of soup and left. Malcott was still frozen with a dumb smile on his face. The three goblins took a while before they were able to muster up the courage and eat the soup. They were starving before, but the thought that they were caught really shook them and it took them a while to finish the soup. When they finished these bowls, the barmaid led them to their room for the night. 
They walked like they were about to fall out of a tree, and once the door was closed, they all popped out of the suit as fast as they could and sank to the floor. <sighs> I thought we were going to die, Katunk said and sank to all fours. Zing crawled up on the bed and started taking long, deep breaths to soothe himself. You were in the suit, Malkot said. He was massive. I think he could have ripped the arms off a troll and then beat the troll to death with them. The disguise worked, Katunk said finally. If it didn't, we would be dead. Yes, yes, Malkot said quietly. I think we just need to get used to all these people and then it'll be fine. When are we going to collect herbs? Zing asked. When we need them, Malkot said. It's lucky we had that potion. We need to leave the suit to collect herbs, Zing said. Katunk and Malkot's eyes widened. I don't want to meet that man outside the suit, Zing said. We'll have to do that at sunset, Malkot answered, and pray we don't see that man while we're getting herbs. They were greeted by the barmaid when they came to the main room, after their first night's rest. They were told they got breakfast free, and after eating were told they could try and just set up a blanket outside. After breakfast of something called pancakes, the goblins head outside. They set up a little blanket outside the tavern and sat the suit down on it and put out a lot of potions and poultices, all of which he pulled out of the suit when no one was looking. Malkot made a few small slits so Katunk and Zing could see a little bit. So these are coppers, Malkot said looking at the copper coins. And there are 10 copper coins to a silver coin and 10 silver coins to a gold coin. He was a little wary since the man that was buying a healing potion was also carrying a large club and a shield. Hey, wait a second, someone yelled out from behind the crowd pointing to Malkot and drawing a sword. Isn't that a gob? The person was gagged and dragged off to one side, where Burton and a few other people whispered quietly to the person before letting them go. The person then bought a potion before they left. Actually, everyone that bought from the goblins today were armed, and Malkot was very alarmed at first, but no one attacked them, and by the end of the day, they were up almost 300 gold coins. Malkot congratulated himself on crafting the perfect disguise. The humans were none the wiser, but how long can they keep the ruse up? Now, the goblins were able to upgrade from a blanket to a small cart the next day. Katunk built the rough, rustic-looking cart that night, while Malkot and Zing slipped out of the room. They snuck out and found the streets were empty. They were able to take care of everything under the guise of darkness. After a few nights of heading out to get herbs, they found that the streets were nearly always empty. You put this… Malkot tried to remember what it was called. Poultice? The lady said. Yeah, poultice, Malkot said. Put a handful in water first, so it will not be dry, and then squeeze it so it doesn't have too much wet. Then put it on the hurt and wrap it. So, you want me to soak some of the herbs in water, and then squeeze out the excess water, and then put it on the injury and wrap it? The lady asked. Yes. Malkot took mental notes about what she said, so he would be able to remember it later. It seemed like almost every day, Malkot was learning new words. Their healing potions were their best-selling items, and the most expensive. Adventurers were coming to town to buy them up, and some days, they even brought in over a thousand gold. You know, Malkot, the barmaid said after a few months of them staying at the inn, we really appreciate you being here for so long, but if you're going to stay in town, you might want to buy a house or a shop, and there's an empty building on the edge of town. I think I could find out who owns it, and you could buy it from them. We, I, could buy a house in town? Malkot asked, surprised. Well, yes, the maid said. I believe you have enough to buy it. Do we want to buy a house here? Malkot whispered down to the other goblins. Yes, they both whisper up. Yes, it would be nice to get a house, Malkot said. It was a few hours and Malkot was at the cart when he was approached by a lady holding some paperwork. I understand you might want my old store, she said. It's still in decent shape but might need a little fixing up. Yes, we would like a place, Malkot said. 
It has three rooms above the shop and a back room behind the main shop, she said, and put the papers on the cart. I'm asking for 10,000 gold for the building and the land it's on. It does have about 10 acres of land that have been fenced off. Malcott knew that was a lot of money. Yes, Malcott said. Let us check to see if I have enough. The three spent the next 20 minutes counting out the gold from inside the suit and putting it on the cart. That all seems to be in order, she said, and then pulled out a quill and ink and signed the paper. Now, just sign the paper on the other line and the shop will be yours. She put down the quill next to the page and then turned around for no apparent reason. Malcott quickly signed the paper with his regular hands while her back was turned since he doesn't have that kind of control with the mechanical arm and then coughed. The lady turned around, smiled, and picked up the sacks of gold coins. Well, it's all in order, she smiled. It's all yours. Thank you, Malcott called out. They were ecstatic. They now had a place of their own. The goblins relocated all the items to their new shop. It did need a few repairs and the land was fenced off, but the fence was in poor shape and the roof was leaking and needed some new shingles and the latches on the doors needed to be fixed and the tables were a little run down. The goblins ended up buying wood, paint, and paid the blacksmith for nails, new hinges, and latches. You fixed this shop up really fast, their first customer said when they opened up the shop for business. Could you possibly do some repairs on my house? He chuckled. Malcott thought about it and then whispered down to Katunk. He's asking if we could fix his house, Malcott whispered. Ask what he wants fixed, Katunk whispered up. What needs to be done? Malcott asked. My roof is leaking. I think I need some shingles replaced, the man said, a little taken aback. He said his roof leaks, Malcott whispered down. It might take a while, but it could be done in a few days, Katunk said. Yes, Malcott said, but it'll take a few days. Sounds good. The man then bought a potion for headaches and left. I'll come back to pay for the roof. Katunk, zing, Malcott said down in Goblin. I think we should all learn human, so we can take turns on the shop. I'll fix the suit so two of you can run it when it's sitting down. We're really close to the forest, Zing noted. I think I could actually sneak all the way to the forest if we need more herbs. I think I could even do that during the day. Starting tomorrow, Malcott said, we could all take turns doing different things, and we would only need two people here at any time. That way you can get herbs, I can make potions, and Katunk can fix things when we need to. The next few days, the goblins all started taking turns running the suit. They had a sudden surge of customers, and Malcott and Katunk ran the suit, while Zing ran off to the forest to get more herbs. It took longer than expected for Zing to get back, but when he did return, he was smiling and had a huge bunch of herbs. What took you so long? Katunk asked. Oh, it was fun being out in the sun again, Zing said. We found a lot of herbs in the forest. We? Malcott asked. I, Zing said softly, I found a lot of herbs. He was still smiling. The other two frowned but didn't say anything. They worked at the shop for a while and they found that they started having slow days when almost no one needed anything, so they decided to close the store for two days a week. That gave Katunk a chance to fix items that were brought in by the townspeople, Malcott time to make potions, and Zing time to collect herbs, and then all time to practice speaking human. Malcott was better than the others, but Zing was picking up the language really quickly, much faster than Katunk. Zing also seemed to know words that neither Malcott or Katunk had ever heard before. He was spending a lot of time collecting herbs, but did sometimes come back exhausted without herbs. When asked, Zing would just say he must have been in the wrong part of the forest. They really wanted to plant medicinal herbs on the land they now owned, but it was one thing to be in the forest getting herbs during the day, but they would be seen in their own backyard for sure. I always thought Zing was slower than other goblins, Katunk said one night while helping Malcott make some more potions. They were running low on healing salves. The shop was closed. You know, I thought so too, Malcott said while melting down some beeswax in a pot. Maybe since he's not getting hit on the head all the time, his brains are getting better. Maybe, Katunk said and was measuring out some oil in a cup. 
But he always did have a way of getting into trouble. Yeah, Malcott said, adding some of the oil and stirring. But we got a good life here, and I don't think he would do anything to change that. I mean, he's happier than I've ever seen him before. Well, save that one time he was with the chief's daughter, Katunk laughed. The chief's daughter was a smashed finger. Malcott laughed too. All you had to do was wait and you'd wake up with her in your bed. He woke up in her bed, Katunk laughs. That was how he got caught. The only other time he smiled so much is when he was playing with the little ones. But he insisted on playing nice versions of Rock, Dodge, Stump, Hide, and Stick Bash. The children loved him, but everyone else thought he was too soft. Something clicked in Malcott's head, and he stopped staring for a moment. Have you noticed that Zing leaves to collect herbs shortly after the same few kids come into the shop? Malcott asked. Katunk thinks about it for a moment. No, that's dumb, Katunk said finally. Human kids wouldn't play with a goblin. Yeah, you're right, Malcott said, and they continued making the potions. Zing came back about an hour after dark. I got a lot today, Zing said happily. You didn't find anything yesterday, Katunk said. Zing frowns. I had to go deeper in the forest today. We'll need you to help for the next few weeks, Malcott said as he separated the different herbs into piles. What? Zing asked suddenly. Why? Winter's coming. The trees have already started changing colors, Malcott answered. If we don't get all the herbs we can, we won't have anything to sell until spring. We've got herbs in pots, Zing says softly. Those are for emergencies, Malcott responded, and they won't be enough to cover some of the needs the village has. We'll close the shop in a few days to help out. Zing dropped the herbs and looked around the room, seemingly to find another excuse. Zing, Katunk starts. Is something wrong? No, said Zing quickly and sadly. Katunk and Malcott knew something was wrong. They finished sorting the herbs and went to bed, and Zing seemed down the entire time. The next day, Zing was the first one up in the shop, and he slammed the front door when Katunk came down. What were you doing? Katunk asked. Nothing, Zing said quickly. Just making sure the door works. Hmm. Katunk frowned and walked across the room. Katunk raised an eyebrow and then tested the door. It stuck a little bit being opened and closed. Oh, I'll fix that, Katunk said, and opened and closed the door a few more times. I'll just need to take a little wood off the door. Thanks for finding that. Uh-huh, Zing said, slinking away. Malcott came downstairs. Good morning, Malcott said in human. Let's put the potions on the shelves. I'll help, Zing said and hurried to the back room to help bring out the potions. It took a little while to fill the shelves, and they noted the potions that they didn't have in stock and will need to make later. The shop was open for a few hours in the morning, and they got lunch at the Sleepy Sow before finishing the day at the shop. Malcott insisted that they find herbs and headed out into the woods for a few hours. They walked outside in the suit to make sure that they wouldn't need to worry about being found out as goblins. Once they were well enough into the forest, they sat the suit down and walked deeper into the woods. It was after about one hour, and the three had wandered quite a way away from the suit, and the light was just about all gone as the sun had finished setting. Fortunately, goblins could see in the dark, so they could still search for herbs. They would have searched for a lot longer, but something happened. Hey! A voice called out in human. Malcott! They recognized the voice of Bert. All three goblins looked up, and there the large man was, standing next to the suit and looking at it. The man held up a lantern and frowned. What do we do? Katunk asked. Maybe he won't notice, Zing said hopefully. Both Katunk and Malcott sighed. It doesn't have a head, Malcott said softly. The man turned towards the woods and held up the lantern. Goblins, are you there? Bert yelled. We're found out, Zing yelled and dropped his herbs and ran off. Malcott and Katunk took a little longer, but yelled out as well. The man ran out into the woods towards the sound of the yelling, and the goblins scattered, but Zing ran toward their shop. No, don't, Katunk yelled and ran after Zing, and Malcott followed after the two. Stop, Bert shouted from behind them, and they can tell they're being pursued. 
The three reached the shop and just closed the door when Bert started pounding on the door. He's going to hit us, Zing said and covered his head. Hit us, Malcott said. That was the big human we ran into when we first came to this place. He's probably going to kill us. Hurry, upstairs, Katunk said and ran upstairs followed by the others. The front door sounded like it got kicked in, and the three duck into the first room, and since the beds were large, they were able to all squeeze underneath it. It sounds like something was dropped on the floor downstairs, and then the man stomped up the stairs and opened the door, and held out the lantern. My stomach is killing me, Bert said, and chasing after you hasn't helped. The man lifted the bed off the three goblins. Do you have any more of that medicine for stomach aches? Bert said, holding his stomach. You're not gonna hit us? Zing asked, holding his head. Why would I do that? Bert asked slowly. You're the best potion makers for miles. I thought humans killed goblins, Malcott said. Well, Bert said and grimaced. I have, but normally only if they're attacking people. Oh, I brought your silly suit back. Suit? Katunk asked. Yes, that silly thing you wear around town when you're trying to pretend you're human, Bert said. Can we talk about this later? I really need that medicine. The three goblins got up and walked downstairs while the human shadowed them. The human suit was on the floor in front of the counter. Malcott found the stomach medicine and got up on a stool behind the counter. That'll be five silver? Malcott asked. Sure, Bert said and paid for the medicine. He quickly drank the medicine and sighed with relief. I'm glad you're not killing us, but how did you know we were in a suit? Malcott asked. You never covered your face, Bert said. It was a wooden man with a goblin head. Everyone in town knows your goblins. What? The three asked at the same time. Bert barked out a thunderous laugh. Zing, and Bert pointed at Zing, plays with the kids and collects herbs from the forest. Katunk, and he pointed at Katunk, you do the house repairs at night. And Malcott, and he pointed at Malcott, you make the potions and medicine and usually be the head of the suit. But all three of you have been the head of the suit at some time, and you each use your own name when we talk to you. The three goblins stared at Bert for a moment, then almost at the same time hit themselves in the head. Look, if you want to wear the suit, that's fine, Bert said, but maybe tomorrow you can try just being yourselves. I'm sorry about the door and scaring you, and thanks for the medicine. He tosses down a few more coins onto the counter. That's for the door, Bert said, and then left the shop and closed the door. Zing! Katunk yelled. You were playing with the kids? They're nice, and it's fun to play with them, Zing said back. Katunk! Malcott said loudly. Please fix the door, and we should all just go to bed. Katunk repaired the latch for the door, and they all went to bed. The next day they talked about what had happened and tried running the shop without the suit, but kept it close by if they needed it. They were surprised that all their normal patrons didn't even seem to care or even notice that they weren't in the suit. Some of the people even noted they're glad the goblins finally felt comfortable to be themselves. The goblins even finally turned their backyard into an herb garden, but with winter coming, they wouldn't have herbs until spring. They ran the shop for the next week as goblins and even went to eat at the tavern a few times as themselves. There were times that people from out of town drew their weapons when they entered the shop, but there was usually a townsperson in there that would berate the person and tell them to put their weapons away, and any fight was averted. I wish I knew humans were this nice, Katunk said as he worked on fixing a box someone brought in. I thought my suit was a perfect disguise, Malcott said and glared at the suit they now kept on the corner of the shop. I'm glad I don't have to pretend to work when I'm playing with the kids, Zing said. You should still be working on finding herbs, Katunk said. Well, Malcott started, it's still better here than where we came from. Wait a second, Malcott turned to Zing. The kids! What? Katunk and Zing asked at the same time. That's why Zing knows so many words we don't, Malcott said. I guess that right after Bert told us, Katunk said and went back to work. And soon this became the goblins' new routine, their normal life. Finally they could be themselves, their true selves, in their new home.
Thanks for listening to All Things D&D's Story Dungeon. We'd love to have you subscribe and review us on iTunes and Spotify. Catch our new episode exactly after two days. Until next time. Ha 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 